looking at Isaac as a case study on divine enlargement. And we started by saying by Isaac was a child of promise. And when we looked at him being a child of promise, we looked at the fact that the promises of God consist of several components, and we mentioned quite a number of them. Then we went to the fact that Isaac was a protected child. He was protected by his mother. She nurtured him. She would not allow anyone and anything to come near her beloved child. The child that was born to her in old age. Not even his elder brother. She told her husband, cast this young man away. He is a son of the born woman. He cannot inherit with my son. He cannot share the inheritance with my son. How dare him be making fun of my son? That was the sin of Ishmael. And the Lord told Abraham, whatever Isaac, I mean, Sarah, you ever said, listen to her. Because the promise will be fulfilled in Isaac, not in Ishmael. He was a protected child. Then we went on to say Isaac was a spiritual man. Was a spiritual man. He obeyed the Lord. He did that which the Lord wanted him to do. And that takes us to what we are discussing today. Still looking at him as, um, as a case study. Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 1 to 3. The book of Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 1 to 3. We all know it very well. To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. Verse 2. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted. Verse 3. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. Praise the Lord. The next thing based on Isaac as our, as our case study is the fact that the beginning of enlargement may not be palatable. The beginning of enlightenment may what? May not be palatable. Sometimes you have to lose what you hold dear. Sometimes you have to lose that which you love. For your enlightenment to be perfected. And we're going to look at the scriptures. The beginning of enlightenment may be challenging. That's why the Bible says, weeping may endure for a night. But what comes? What happens? Joy comes in the morning. The songwriter says, the darkest hour of the night is when? Is when it's about when the dawn is about to break forth. The beginning of enlargement may not be palatable. Isaac's enlargement began after his mother died. Genesis 24, verse 67. Genesis 24, verse 67. And Isaac brought her, her there referred to his wife, Rebekah. He brought her into his mother Sarah's tent. And took Rebekah, and she became his wife, and he loved her. And Isaac was comforted after his mother's death. His enlightenment, his divine increase, the fulfillment of the promise of God in his life began after the death of his mother. This was the mother that protected him. This was the mother that shielded him from every harm possible, including that from any member of the family. 
But one day she had to go. And it was after she left that the promised enlargement began in the life of Isaac. Joshua's enlargement, we studied about it in our Sunday school this morning, began after the death of Moses. In Joshua chapter 1, from verses 1 to 3, Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 to 3, we read it this morning in our Sunday school. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord spoke to Joshua, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan. And the Lord is telling somebody who is listening to me today, arise and go over this Jordan. You've come this far. It's time to cross the Jordan. And you will cross that Jordan successfully in Jesus' name. He says, thou and all these people, unto the land I give to them, even to the children of Israel. Now look at verse 3. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses. Brethren, if there was anyone that felt the death of Moses the most, among everybody in Israel, it was Joshua. In fact, when he was called upon to take over the leadership, the man began to ask himself, how can I take over from this man? A man that spoke to God face to face? I've seen him do, I mean, things that no one can talk about. And now you are saying I should step into his shoes? This is simply impossible. For more than 40 years, brethren, Joshua dwelt under the protection of Moses. And that's why he will never leave Moses alone. Wherever Moses went, Joshua went. He knew he was secured. No, no problem, no corruption, no distraction. But one day, that Joshua might fulfill the purpose for which God had called him, God took Moses away. And Joshua had to step into his shoes. And you can see, brethren, that Joshua was afraid. He was afraid. That's why God kept telling him, Have I not commanded you? Have I not said unto you? Be strong. Be strong. Be of a good courage. And God gave him additional promises. Isaiah's enlargement. We all know Prophet Isaiah, right? His enlargement came in Isaiah chapter 6. When he began his ministry in fullness after the death of Uzziah. And this is very significant. In Isaiah chapter 6 verse 1, the Bible says, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon the throne, high and lifted up, and his strength filled the temple. Why was this significant? Uzziah was a king like none other in Israel. In fact, the Bible says concerning Uzziah, in 2 Chronicles chapter 26 verse 5, the Bible says, He sought God, 2 Chronicles 26 verse 5. Uzziah sought God in the days of Zechariah. Who are understanding the visions of God. And look at that last part. As long as he sought the Lord, God made him to prosper. God will make you to prosper. Amen. I say God will make you to prosper. Amen. You know when the Bible says, I wish above everything that was, that you prosper and be in health, even as what? As your soul prospered. As the soul of Uzziah was prospering, he, was be, he, was, he began to prosper physically. God made him to prosper. I pray for you one more time. God will make you to prosper. Amen. Now, when you, that same, uh, when you go to verse 7 of that passage, verse 7, verse 7, 
The Bible says, and God helped him. Is there anyone here that needs the help of God? God will help you. I say, God will help you. Amen. The Bible says, God helped him against all his enemies. Against the Philistines, against the Arabians, against the Mehunims, whoever they were. The Ammonites gave gifts unto Uzziah. The Bible says in verse 8, And his name spread abroad even to the entering of Egypt. For he strengthened himself exceedingly. If God does not help you, you cannot strengthen yourself. Excuse me. God helped Uzziah. And he strengthened himself. When you go to verse 10 of that 2 Corinthians 26, verse 10. The Bible says, He built towers in the desert. He did many wells. He had much cattle in the low country, in the plains, husbandmen, vine dressers in the mountains, in the camels, for he loved husbandry. He loved husbandry. When you go to verses 12 and 13, you see how men came. He had a very big army, a large army. And when you go to verse 15, let's go to verse 15. He made in Jerusalem engines invented by cunning men. To be on the towers and upon the bulwarks, to shoot arrows and great stones with that. And his name spread far abroad, for it was marvelously what? God will help you. Amen. I said, God will help you. Amen. Tell somebody, I will be marvelously helped by the living God. He was marvelously helped till he was strong. You, know, you, can, you can now see why the army of Israel, this modern day Israel, it's not easy to be overcome. At the time that some of our ancestors did not even know what bow and arrow was. The Bible says this man already made engines and invented, I mean, invented by cunning men upon bulwarks to shoot arrows and great stones with that. Thousands of years ago, they were at the place that many of us are at, 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 at the moment. Because God helped Uzziah. And you know what? If God will help you, you don't have to mark time. The fact that it took somebody a thousand years does not mean it has to even take you a, a year. Do you realize that? God can help you. I pray for somebody listening to me today. God will help you. Amen. But Uzziah had a problem. Uzziah had a problem. And his problem was pride. And that pride was his undoing. Pride was his undoing. He took upon himself the job of the priests. He thought there was nothing that the priests were doing that he could not do. He went into the temple and began to give sacrifice. In verses 16 to 19. And the priests withstood him. <laughs> but whatever the priest could say would not stop Uzziah. But God struck him with leprosy. And the Bible says he died a leper. His son had to take over in his place. Pride was his undoing. But Uzziah made Judah to be so great... That men and women in Judah, including Isaiah, did what? They relaxed. Oh, what a great king. They saw Uzziah rather than see the living God. And so what did God do? Well, the Lord determined that the, the time for Isaiah's enlargement had come. What did he do? He took Uzziah away. So that Isaiah could fix his gaze on the living God. Brethren, Jesus had to kill the flesh. Jesus had to lose his life to gain the eternal enlargement for which he came into the world. 
If Jesus did not die on the cross of Calvary and rise on the third day, his enlargement would not have been completed. We will not be talking about him today. He would have been like one of those old, uh, 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 an old and modern so-called prophets. But no. You all know Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2 from verse 5. I'm going to read it. Philippians chapter 2 from verse 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation. Made himself of what? It doesn't say low reputation. It says what? No. N-O. No reputation. Because, brethren, many of us, the reason we are not doing the work of God the way we ought to do it is because of what? Our reputation. Uh-uh, me. How can I do that? What will people say? What would anyone say? But Jesus made himself of no reputation. And that was zero reputation. And he took upon me the form of a servant. I was made in the likeness of man. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself. He did what? And became obedient unto death. Brethren, Jesus had the power over death. But in order to, to obtain his own enlargement, he became obedient unto death. He died. Even the death on the cross, not even as he died. He didn't just sleep and die. He died the worst kind of death any man could die. Wherefore God had lightly exalted him. God will exalt you. Amen. Somebody does not like that prayer. I said God will lift you up. Amen. God will promote you in the name of Jesus. And give me a name above every other name. That is the name of Jesus. Every knee should bow. Brethren, that is enlargement. Of things in heaven, things in earth, things under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. To the glory of God the Father. His enlargement came. Because he gave it all. He gave it all. On the cross of Calvary. God turned his back upon him. And he said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? The weight was much upon him. Psalm 22 verse 1. Matthew 27 verse 46. Matthew 27 verse 46. Matthew, it's actually a quotation of Psalm 22 verse 1. About the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. That is to say, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken him? He gave his life by himself to attain his divine enlargement. When you go to John chapter 10, John chapter 10, from verse 14 to verse 18, you see where Jesus was de he declared, he said, I am the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep. I am known of mine. As the Father knoweth me, even so know... I mean, even so know I the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. Jesus laid down his life willingly. He said it himself. He said, other sheep I have, which are not of this fold. Them also I must bring. And they shall hear my voice. And there shall be one fold, one shepherd. Verse 17. Therefore doth my Father love me. Because I lay down my life. That I might take it again. Do you see it there? I laid down my life that I might take it again. He knew 
He knew death is not the end. Death is not the ultimate. He will lay down his life temporarily on earth because there was a reward that you and I might come into the kingdom. Now look at verse 18. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. He gave it. He gave his life himself. He said, I have power to lay it down. I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my father. He gave it up for his own divine enlargement. So that you and I could be members of the household of God. So that like, uh, uh, I believe it's Romans chapter 8, from verse 17 downwards, that says, we are joint heirs with Christ. So that we can be brothers and sisters with the Lord Jesus Christ. He gave everything up for his own divine enlargement. You might have to give up that which you love. You might have to give up that which you hold on to for your enlargement to be perfected. And I pray for someone listening to me today, your time of divine enlargement has come. Amen. You are walking into your season of divine enlargement in Jesus' name. Amen. The next point about Isaac as a case study of divine enlargement is that he obeyed God. No matter how foolish it seemed. That's point number five. He obeyed God. No matter how foolish it seemed. And brethren, look at the life of Isaac. There were many what you call foolish encounters with divinity. But that's what marks him, that's what sets him apart today. Remember in Genesis 22, when his father was going to sacrifice him uh, uh, on Mount Moriah, Isaac said, ah, my father, this is, here is the wood, here is the fire, where is the sacrifice? And his father said, God will provide. And the Bible says his father lay him on the altar and was going to sacrifice him. Couldn't Isaac have fought his father and run away? I said, that wicked man. I don't know what type of father he is. He wants to kill his only son. But he knew that his father was a man in tune with the spirit. He obeyed. He laid down. And of course, there was a sacrifice prepared for his place. In like manner, in Genesis 26, Genesis 26 from verse 1 to verse 6, we know the story very well. There was famine in the land. And Isaac went unto Abimelech, the king of the Philistines, unto Gerah. And apparently, he was only on his way to Egypt. Gerah was only a stop on the way to Egypt. But the Lord appeared to him and said, do not go to Egypt. Dwell in this land. Dwell in the land I shall tell thee of. The Lord told him to dwell in the land where there was famine. It had to be a man willing, prepared and ready to obey the Lord for Isaac to obey God. And he did. He stayed. And God began to make covenants with him. Because Isaac dwelt in that land, he reaped the reward of obedience and became very great. Many are times we, know my, we, we love to quote that passage, right? Genesis 26 verse 12. Isaac sowed in that land and received in the same year a hundredfold. And the Lord blessed him. 
Why did God bless him? For sowing in a land where there was famine. Because God told him to stay there. If you don't obey the voice of the Lord, no matter how foolish it seems, you are not ready for God's blessing. You are not ready for divine enlargement. I pray for you. The grace to obey. Receive it in Jesus' name. Isaac sowed in that land and received. That was verse 12. In the same year, a hundredfold. And the Lord blessed him. Uh, what else do you want to add to that? God will bless you. Amen. I said God will bless you. Amen. Isaac sowed in the time of famine. It's, it's like the time we are in now. Is that not so? This time of pandemic. Some people are making it. They are becoming rich. They are becoming... Uh, in so many ways. In spite of the pandemic. And some of them is actually because of the pandemic. Is that not so? It's because of the pandemic that the owners of Zoom became billionaires. I mean, it's, it's, it's Zoom now. That's everybody now uses. It's not because of the pandemic. One man's meat is another man's poison. <laughs> pandemic came and made Zoom billionaires. And so many things, so many companies out there. Isaac sowed in that land and received in the same year a hundredfold. And the Lord blessed him. I pray for you one more time. God will bless you. Amen. The Bible says the man works great. And he went forward. And he grew until he became very great. Ah, it was just an in sequence from one level to the other. For he had possessions of flocks and of herds and great store of servants. And the Philistines envied him. The blessing that will make your enemies to envy you. Receive it in Jesus' name. I said that blessing that will make your enemies to envy you. Receive it in Jesus' name. That's Genesis chapter 26 from verse 12 to verse 14. Isaac became the restorer of ancient parts. Very important. Because of his obedience. In Isaiah chapter 58 verse 12. Isaiah 58 verse 12. The Bible says, And they that shall be of thee shall build the old waste places. Thou shalt raise up the foundations of many generations. And thou shalt be called the repairer of the bridge, the restorer of paths to dwell in. Because what did Isaac do next? The Bible says, The wells that his father dug, he began to redig them. Genesis chapter 26 verse 15. Genesis 26 verse 15, we see the, the, this passage being fulfilled in his life. For all the wells which his father's servants had digged in the days of Abraham his father, the Philistines had sobbed them and filled them with earth. I mean, can you imagine, can you imagine the ways of the world? Or do I call it the ways of the devil? They lived in a region where water was scarce. And simply because the wells were dug by Abraham, they needed the water. But rather than drink water from the well dug by Abraham, what did they do? They filled it up with sand. Is that not foolishness? They needed the water. Because you now see why there will never be peace in the Middle East. That's the truth. Politicians can try as much as they desire. There won't be peace there. It is fundamental. These are two people, they needed water, okay, 
drive the man away and take over his well. Doesn't that make sense? They went and filled the well with sand. You won't drink the water. and I won't drink it too. <laughs> but that is the foolishness of the devil. That is unfortunately the heart of many men. That's why the Bible says the heart of man is what? Wicked. Desperately wicked. Desperately wicked. But Isaac began to dig. And he found water. As you continue on this journey of enlargement, your efforts will be rewarded. Amen. As you continue on this journey of enlargement, you will experience divine revival. As you continue on this journey of, of enlargement, everything that has been taken away from you because of envy, God will restore unto you in Jesus' name. Amen. Isaac was obedient to the voice of God, even when it made no sense. What's my admonition to you today? Stop toying with disobedience. Stop toying with, with disobedience. First Samuel chapter 15, we know that passage very well. Verse 22 to 23. Samuel told uh, Saul, to obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken than, than the fat of rams. He said, rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. That's verse 23. And we see the results. God rejected Saul because of disobedience. Remember where we started from. We said Jesus Christ made himself of no reputation, of zero reputation. You have got to set your reputation aside and think about the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. When you fear people, when you fear men, you will obey them rather than obey God. That is what happened to Saul. In 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 24, Saul said unto Samuel, I have sinned, I have transgressed the commandment of the Lord and your words, because I feared the people and obeyed their voice. It is whom you fear, that's the voice you are going to obey. What are you called to obey? Who are you called to obey? It's very simple, brethren. Fear God. That's what you fear God. Fear God. It's very important. As we round up, Deuteronomy chapter 10, we are going to read it. The, the book of Deuteronomy chapter 10, verses 12 and 13. Fear God. Fear God. Deuteronomy chapter 10, verses 12 to 13. It says, And now, Israel, what does the Lord thy God require of thee? But number one, to fear the Lord thy God. Number two, to walk in all his ways. Not some of his ways, all his ways. Number three, to love him. Number four, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. Number five, to keep the commandments of the Lord and his status, which I command you this day for your good. In other words, all those things listed there, therefore, what? for your good. It starts with what? Fear God. If you fear God, many things that we do, we will not do. Many of us, we, don't, we are not professing atheists. We don't go around saying, I don't believe in God. But by our actions, we are atheists. By the things we do, even though we call ourselves Christians, 
we actually behave as if God does not exist. We behave as if God is inconsequential. Fear God. Depart from evil. That's the whole duty of man. Let's bow down our heads. Let's bow down our heads. Isaac obeyed.